I'm delighted to say we've been joined in the studio by the showbiz editor of The Sun, Ken Sweeney. Tonight talking uh, and looking back on the life and work of the one and only Phil Linnett. Dead at uh, 31 years ago this week, a very, very uh, sad anniversary. Do you remember where you were? I was, yeah. I was in a Nettie Rockets on O'Connell Street and someone at the next table said Phil Linnett had died and I just could not believe this thing. And I, I said, you know, it was one of those things where you talk, you just shout across to a stranger, are you saying Phil Linnett's dead? And they said, yeah. I was just thinking... And it was just so absolutely unbelievable at the time. I mean, obviously, if you were close to him, maybe you knew a lot more about it. But for just the, the ordinary kind of punter sitting in Eddie Rockets on O'Connell Street, it 1986, it was yeah. unbelievable. I was doing a course and I was going into it and somebody said it to me. Yeah. It's funny, though, because he was so rock and roll, a little bit of you kind of felt like, well, that's what happens, isn't it? And now you kind of think, God, he was so young. He was so young, you know. He was, he was. And I spoke to a close friend of Phil's uh, tonight just because I was going to do this piece. And I, and I said to him, you know, do you think Phil had any idea of what was going to happen? And he said, for Phil, it was like he'd swam out into the middle of this deep, deep lake. And he probably didn't realise he was going under until he was going under. That he, you know, that he never intended for mm. this to happen. And a lot of people close to Phil in it actually thought he was going to come back. He was going to get through it. But sadly, he didn't. Um, if own uh, producing the show uh, was telling me that a friend of his went out to visit the grave uh, yesterday I think it was and Philomena was there well she's there yeah. every day yeah. so uh, he was chatting away to her but the grave is covered in flowers yeah. and whilst they were chatting loads of other people arrived up to the grave mm. as well mm. it's like a, it's all, I wouldn't say a tourist attraction but it's somewhere people feel they need to go isn't it it is and I was just thinking I was, I was just chatting to a few people friends of Phil's and I was saying to them what would Phil make of a statue on uh, Grafton Street off Grafton Street and the vibe for Philo and all this sort of you know eulogising Phil and they said he quite liked it. He'd love it. Because <laughs> he was quite proud of what he, he was, you know, he's quite proud of what he achieved and he would be quite happy that he's being celebrated in this way. It's just a shame he's not around. The only time I ever saw him was on Grafton Street and he was just a rock star. It was like, it was, a, it was yeah. like you know, something from outer space walking down the street mm. and just waving. It's like the video for Old House, yeah. waving to everyone and yeah. six foot whatever he was, yeah. brilliant star all day long. Mm. We're going to be paying tribute to him. Ken has a few um, crazy theories really about songs that he's ripped off. Yeah. And, you know, oh, to God. Listen, you know, has he this nothing is else to factual. do? Yeah, yeah. Wait till you hear them. Um, but a really interesting thing, I didn't know anything yeah. about this at all. That between yeah. 83 and 84, yeah. he was working with this songwriter and they were working essentially on the third album. Yeah, there was Would a third, third album. album. I've just done a piece for, for the Irish Sun tomorrow about the fact that this year is a great year for fans of Philo because in 2017 there's going to be a box set released. I, I broke the story a couple of years ago that they had got about 150 tapes which had been in storage, belonged to Phil. And they're going to release them as a box set this year. And there's also plans to re-release Phil's second album with some extra tracks. But we're going to play something from the first album, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, two of my favourite albums of all time. Now, yeah. I know they're uneven. I know yeah. critics will say this track isn't as good, but the ones that are brilliant are just so yeah. brilliant. And this, I've always felt it's kind of like a sister song to Dirty, to, oh, Dirty Old Town, Freudian mm. slip there, yeah. to Old Town. Um, girls, yeah. this is Little Beauty. Fill in it, Girls. It is one of 
it is one of the most magic pieces mm-hmm. of music I think he ever did. And that gift of melody that yeah. he had is just so special. That is uh, mm-hmm. Phil Innes and Girls from the, the album's going to be reissued. That one's going to be reissued. Second one's going to be reissued. The oh, second, okay. This is the, this, that's solo yeah. and solo. solo and the second so is the Phil Innes album, yeah. which is going to be reissued. Okay, great. Um, so listen, you were at Frank Murray's funeral. Who wasn't at Frank Murray's funeral? If you didn't know Frank Murray and you were in the entertainment business mm. in Dublin, you didn't know anyone. And he had a fantastic funeral. The music was fantastic, Frank Murray's funeral. Who, Who was did? Frank Murray? Frank Murray, well, the Flack Cowboys, Glenn answered absolutely everybody. Frank Murray came from the same neighbourhood as Phil Innes. Ended up, his tour manager, his best mate, went to London with him, was 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 Thin Lizzy's tour manager and then became uh, the Pogues manager and then worked with Christian McCall and all these people but he, he had a fabulous send off during the week and actually Phil's widow Caroline was at the uh, at the funeral as well up in Harold's Cross and one of the last things um, in the last six months that Frank Murray did was a brilliant interview in Irishman Abroad which is a brilliant uh, um, you know podcast and there's a clip here where um, where he's been asked about uh, he's been asked by, by the host just as regards you know having worked with Phil Linnett and Phil Linnett passing away, how that made him feel about his own mortality. I think you're going to play it here. We are indeed. I'm not the most religious of people, aren't I? But I do remember, it's funny, when we were burying uh, Philip and uh, the coffin had just gone into the grave and I threw some clay on it and stuff like that. And I kind of wa- when I walked away, I just thought, it seemed like death would be easier for me because I knew he'd be waiting for me at the other side, whatever that is. Whether it's a bit of space dust or whatever, I don't know. I just, I just felt, well, when it's my time, you know, he's gone there before me, so I'm sure everything will be okay. The uh, oh, like Frank amazing. Murray talking yeah. about that's and he amazing. only did that six months ago. And actually, if you can get that podcast, that's uh, Jarlath Regan's podcast. podcast. That's Serious Irishman Abroad. That's a brilliant, and it's series brilliant. And he's telling all these stories about about Tin Lizzy and about solving problems for them on the road. And it's just fantastic. But it was very poignant that, and it's strangely as well that that Frank's funeral was 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 uh, around the same time as um, Phil in its anniversary. He died thirty one years ago this week. So um, This thing yeah. you were telling me, which I'm fascinated by, is that in 84, 85, yeah. he sat down with this songwriter, yeah. um, Junior Giscombe, yeah. and I'll play yeah. a little bit of him in a minute or two, yeah. but essentially they were working on a follow-up. There is. The third solo album. One of the stories we're doing in The Irish Sun Tomorrow is the fact that, there is all, that, that there's all this material for a third solo album, that Phil, before his death, had 40 songs demoed for a, a third solo album, and amongst them was something which was left off the second album, which was a version of... Uh, Dirty Old Town, the Hugh McCall song, right? Which is an, which you, you might play. Yeah, I'm going to play a little bit play, of it. Play a bit of it now. It's, it's a rocked up version of it. Yeah. So if you could play it from when it gets rocky, that would be great. Is, you get a feel of it. Yeah, a little bit of it. So he changed his mind about that, basically, did he? Well, what happened was, and this, this is what makes it interesting, is Phil uh, Linnett, of course, one of the Lizzie's biggest hits was Whiskey in the Jar. So 
towards the third album that Phil was working on, he thought, let's go back to that folk thing I do so brilliantly. Let's go back yeah. and do an Irish folk song. So, and, and I'm told that Phil would always have a 12-string guitar in the studio when he was playing. So he was jamming out Dirty Old Town and he had uh, Sean O'Connor from the Lookalikes playing bass on it and he had Terry Woods from the Pogues actually playing on it too. And I was messing around with that song. Now, it, 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 what you're hearing there is like an unfinished, like, you know, master, a demo. But, I mean, if you think about it, if Phil Innes had released Dirty Old Town, it would have been probably be a massive hit. It would have been a massive. It, I think it would have been a hit. Yep. I think the technology there is is there now with 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 Linus, with Phil in its vocal to actually clean that up. What I'm saying to you is the messing around with Thirty Old Town by the, by uh, Ewan McCall, which is made famous by the Dubliners and all that, made Phil in a think Dirty Old Town. I can do my own song, Old Town. He, he actually really wrote Old Town. He wrote Old Town after having messed with Dirty my Old Town, word. thinking, why should I write a song about some other town? Why not write so a song So that was Dublin? one that he kind of picked up, but he wasn't happy with. These ones yeah. now just, I think, I'm not sure why they didn't see the light of day, but these yeah. are really interesting, right? This these is, are for the third album. Yeah, yeah, this one I really like. This yeah. is one called Harlem. Take a listen to this. I have often wondered, weary and depressed. Lord help me now, I'm distressed, wrecked, reckless. In Harlem, there's a warning. Oh, darling, down in Harlem. In Harlem, there's a warning. Oh, darling, you don't do it. That's really good. Why do you like it? Tell me why you like it. It's just classic Phil. Yeah. You know, this is he what always I... has this gift of melody. It's mm. a real, even in Thin Lizzy, which are kind of a heavy enough band, mm. the melodies are always first class. He's a mm. great gift of melody. Mm. And you can hear it there. It's beautiful. I think, you know, I'm told that Phil was always listening to different sorts of songs and sounds. And he was always taking things in. He was a great person for taking a riff and turning it into something else. And you think about, oh my God, the, the theme tune for uh, Top of the Pops, that Yellow Pearl yeah. thing he wrote with Midge. You're fantastic. So he was still developing songs. And the people I spoke to very much say to me that Phil Linnett had the most amazing tracks yet to yet to record, you know, yet to record properly. And he, he planned to even tour, he planned to tour that third album this in is 1986. Yeah. This is another okay. one with Junior Giscount, Giscount, who I think sings, but I'll, I'll tell you who Junior is in a second. But this one is called uh, Time and Time Again. Girl, there is one thing I think you 